Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 15. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I've heard craziness like this. Oh, I love the Lord. Hallelujah. They might even speak in tongues. They love God, but they don't love God's people. You can't love God without loving God's people because he is the head and the people are the body and you can't separate the two. That's not pretty. That's a monstrosity. And the church is beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. So we're to encourage one another. Church is about others. And because church is about others, listen, when you come to church, you shouldn't be thinking of what's in it for you. You shouldn't be coming to church thinking, what am I going to get out of it? You should come to church thinking, what am I going to put into it? Isn't it true? That's why we have worship songs and we put the words up there because we don't want you to think that the choir is just up here to entertain you. It's not a Christian entertainment here. This is worship to the Lord. We should be singing to the Lord. And we should be putting something into church service when we come. Not just come to receive, not come to critique the sermon, not come to critique the worship. And then, of course, if the worship, and they're not playing on all fours, you know, they don't hit every note right. It's like, well, you know, I just, um, well, I don't, something was up with the worship team today. I mean, they weren't really that good. And then people sit and they don't worship the Lord. And they don't sing to Jesus because they're waiting. This is the culture that we live in, guys. This is, this is a cultural mentality. So we come to church waiting to be entertained. We come to church as if this is the audience, this is the stage, and this is where all the entertainment happens. That's not church. When you come to church, you need to come putting something into it. I do not worship the Lord because the praise team is really good. I worship the Lord because he's worthy to be worshipped. I worship the Lord. I don't care if whatever they sing, it doesn't matter to me. And that's why you don't choose the church, by the way, based on music. You know how many people choose church based on music? Well, I don't like that kind of music there. And then they they choose a church that has really good music, but they never open the Bible. Y'all didn't hear me. You don't come to church what you can get out of it. You come to church what you can put into it. You come to church, you walk in the door, you see somebody who looks like they're broken, looks like they need prayer, then you pray for them. You come to church and you sit and you worship the Lord and you think of that person and you pray for them. Because when you come to church, listen, you'll get out of church what you put into it. That's how church goes. You get out of it what you put into it. You come to church ready to worship God, you will worship God. You will go away blessed. You come to church to hear the word of God, you will hear the word of God. You'll be convicted and challenged and changed, and you'll go away blessed. 
If you come to church with your arms folded waiting to hear something that strikes your, you know, emotional cord, or you're waiting to be entertained, then you might go away pretty disappointed. You get out of church what you put into it. Church is about others. When I come to church, I come to church ready to be a blessing. When you come to church, you should come to church ready to be a blessing. Church is about others. Peter said that in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Peter said, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion one for another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, be a blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Philippians chapter 2, 3 and 4 says the same thing. Don't do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain deceit, conceit, but in humility of mind, consider what saints? Others better than yourself. And let each one not look to his own interests, but to the interest of others. Paul and Peter is talking about love and unity and one-mindedness. In other words, even in a diverse church like this church in Rome and this church in Apex, even in a diverse church, there can be unity. Amen. Amen. And don't get confused. Listen, don't confuse unity with uniformity. Don't confuse the two. Unity means cooperation in the midst of adversity or disagreement. It doesn't mean we'll all always agree. It doesn't mean we'll all always think alike. You know, Ruth Graham said regarding marriage, she said, if two people are agreeing on everything, one of them isn't needed. (laughs) Go, Ruth. I like that. That's true. It's unity. We're not talking about uniformity here. We're talking about unity. We may not agree on all things, but one thing we must agree on, saints, is listen, we are to love Jesus and love one another because Jesus has purchased us with his own precious blood, and we are, like it or not, brothers and sisters in Christ. If you agree with that, clap your hands, would you? We're brothers and sisters. And I think, you know, in the church today, we miss this. The Bible has so much to say. Here's a Bible study for you. The Bible has so much to say about one another. So much to say about one another. Over and over, 1 Thessalonians 4.18, comfort one another. Colossians 3.9, don't lie to one another. Ephesians 5.22, submit to one another. The Bible tells us to sing songs of praise to one another. The Bible tells us we are members of one another. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says, don't devour one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 12, give each other a kiss when you see one another. Now I don't know about that one yet. (laughs) Of course, that's cultural too. I mean, there are certain cultures that kissing when they see you is appropriate. I remember it was a brother here. It was an older gentleman. Obviously, he was from Italy. He was Italian. And after the service, he was so excited. He just came, came up to me. Pastor Roddy, oh, it was just great. It was just great. I just loved it. And he just grabbed me, and I just loved the sermon. He kissed me right on the lips. I told him, I said, look, we don't do it like that in America. 
Hold on now, I don't roll like that. Wait a minute, hold on. I was just like, thank you. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> but the Bible has so much to say about one another over and over and over again. So Paul says, listen, don't seek to please yourself, but build each other up in verse 2. And then in verse 3, go ahead and look at it in your Bibles. Then Paul uses Jesus as the divine prototype of someone who didn't please himself in verse 3. The reproach of those who reproached you fell on me. Paul is quoting from Psalm 69, verse 9, as Jesus was other-centered. You know that. Jesus lived his life for the benefit of others. Jesus was a man for others. His motivation was not personal gain. Jesus didn't come to be ministered to, but to minister to others. Remember, he's hanging on the cross between two thieves. Jesus didn't look over at one of the thieves and say, hey, what about my needs? Instead, he looked down at the people and he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus was other center. You know, we, the WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, Jesus would consider others. And so Paul in our text, he says Christ suffered and it was written in the Old Testament. And since Paul just quoted the Old Testament, he makes a brief comment about its purpose in verse four. Go ahead and look at it. The Old Testament serves the purpose for our learning, for our learning. You know, there are people who say that the Old Testament is outdated, antiquated and not relevant. I could not disagree with that more. We need the whole Bible. Amen, saints? That's why on Wednesday night, that's what we study here, the Old Testament. In January, we'll be picking up our study in the book of Leviticus, and we'll go verse by verse. I've had people tell me, you're going to go verse by verse through Leviticus? (laughs) Yes, because I believe in the whole Bible, not a Bible full of holes. Amen. The whole Bible is relevant. And there's things that we can learn from the Old Testament that you can't learn from any other book in the world. You know, I think of the scripture verse in, in Proverbs 15:1, and it says, a soft answer turns away wrath. Do you realize that comment comes from the Old Testament and it's not written in any other book? A soft answer turns away wrath. Now, now if, you, if you're married... You know how difficult that can be. I mean, your husband yells at you. Does the first thing come to your mind? A soft answer turns away wrath. (laughs) Somebody cuts you off on the freeway. They drive up to you, because people are crazy nowadays. They drive up to you, roll down a window, idiot! Does the first thing come to mind? A soft answer turns away wrath. Or does the first thing come to mind, I'm going to run you down and kill you. (laughs) We can learn things from the Old Testament that you cannot learn from any other place. By reading the Old Testament, listen, we can learn of the nature and the characteristics of God. By reading the Old Testament, we can learn of the nature and the characteristics of the devil. By reading the Old Testament, you can learn lessons and life lessons 
And we can learn and see stories about Gideon and David and Moses and Abraham and how God blessed them and how they conquered in the name of the Lord. And we can learn that if they had conquered in the name of the Lord, then we can conquer. And that is why the Bible says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. There are things that we can learn from the Old Testament, things that were written, they were written for our learning and through enduring and comfort of the scriptures that we might have hope. Well, then look at verse five in your Bibles. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus and that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I love that. The God of patience. Will you underline that in your Bible? The God of patience. Don't you love that? I'm glad God is a God of patience because we aren't. God is a God of patience. We aren't. We say, God, I want patience and I want it right now. God is a God of patience. And Paul prays that the God of patience would cause us believers to be one-minded and with one mouth that we might glorify God. One mouth to glorify God. Do you realize that's the big question of life? What's my purpose in life, Pastor Rodney? I don't know what my purpose is. Why am I here? Why are we here? As a matter of fact, in the Westminster Catechism, this is the first question that's asked. What is the chief and the highest end of man? And the answer, man's chief and highest end is to glorify God and to fully enjoy him. Do you realize that your purpose in life is to glorify God and to fully enjoy him? What's your purpose? Our purpose is to glorify God. Psalms tells us that in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. To glorify God, that's why you're created. And if you're not doing that, you must be pretty miserable. Because that's what God created you to do. And then it's interesting that all of God's creations do what they're supposed to do, except man. A snake does what it's supposed to do, crawls around on its belly. And scares me. I see a snake, the thing I think of is a belt. That was a joke. (laughs) Birds do what they do. The trees do what they do. They blow in the wind. They clap their hands. The Bible tells us to the Lord. All of creation does what it's supposed to do except man. We're created to worship God, to seek the Lord. Matthew tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to us. Revelation 4.24, the elders are gathered around the throne and they're saying, Lord, you created everything and it is for your pleasure that they exist and were created. The purpose of life is to glorify God. Notice what Paul goes on to say in verse 7 in your text. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Saints, here we find, listen, if you're taking notes, write this down. We find the principle of acceptance. We are called to accept one another in love. Why? Because Christ accepted us. Because of his love for us, Jesus went to the cross and paid the price for our sins. 
Because of his love for us, he received us just as we were. Jesus accepted us. And what makes that extra special to me, listen, he accepted us even though he knew us. Amen. You know, we accept people until we get to know them. Then we're like, I don't think I like you. I don't think I better hang around you. The Lord accepts us even though he already knows us inside and out. You know, we talk about unconditional love. We talk about unconditional grace. Well, here we have unconditional acceptance. God accepts us, and we are to accept one another, not just because we're perfect, but because we have been accepted in the beloved. We've been accepted by God, and because we have been accepted by him, we are to accept others. And so Paul says, listen, Jesus came as a minister or a servant to Israel, the circumcision to confirm the promises made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, and the fathers. And then in your text in verses 9, go ahead and peruse it, verses 9, 10, 11, and 12, Paul begins to give a series of Old Testament verses, Psalm 18, Deuteronomy 32, Psalm 117, Isaiah 11, all of these passages, Paul is making the point that Jesus is the author of diversity in the church because he prophesied through the prophets that the Gentiles would become part of the church. Gentiles becoming part of the church was no new thing. It was already prophesied that Jews and Gentiles would come together and that God would make for himself one new man. And that's the Christian. There are three categories of people in the world. There's Jews, there's Gentiles, and there's Christians. And God has made one new man. So the Gentiles coming into the church was not a new concept. The prophets prophesied about it and talked about it. And now in verse 13, go ahead and look at that again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing. Saints, listen, the message is clear. Joy and peace, are you listening? Joy and peace come from believing in Jesus. Amen? And when you are obedient to him, listen, and you follow Jesus' example of serving other people, then God moves in a mighty way to fill you with his joy and peace. And as you're filled with joy and peace, the Bible says you will overflow with hope by the Holy Spirit. What are you hoping for today? That's the question I ask. What are you hoping for today? What are you putting your hope in? Are you hoping to work for 30 years and retire and play golf in Florida? Are you hoping to make a million dollars by the time you're 30? What is your hope? Are you hoping to live an old age so you can play with your grandkids and live a happy life? What is your hope? My hope, saints, listen, because I had to think about that. Here's the question. What's our hope? Rodney, what's my hope? Here's my hope. My hope is to hear the trumpet blow. How about you? 
I'll wait. If that's you, clap your hands. If not, okay, fine. I want to hear the trumpet blow, and then we're out of here. That's called the rapture of the church. And maybe I won't hear the trumpet blow. Maybe I'll die. Maybe my body will lay in the ground. But when the trumpet blows, God is going to take this bag of bones, put it back together, and I'm going to come up from the earth, meet the church who's alive, and we're going to go be with the Lord. Either way, the trumpet's going to blow. I look at what's going on in the world today. I look at what's going on in the news today. And the world is incredibly confusing right now. Is it just me? I, I just don't get it. I can't get my mind around all the issues. I can't get my mind around all the problems all over the world. I keep it very simple. My hope is someday I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm going to be with him someday in the kingdom. That's very simple for the believer. Every believer should have that hope. This is not your home. Someday you're going to go be with the Lord. You know, people have asked me, what are you doing for retirement? I'm doing nothing for retirement because I'm never going to retire. When I retire, I told you guys, when I retire, I'm hoping to retire right here while I'm preaching, and I want to drop dead right in the pulpit. I really do. I want to be preaching and just go, then my head just hit the pulpit. And, and y'all like, did Pastor Rodney just fall asleep or is he dead? I told my kids, I said, I'm not, I'm not retiring. I will be preaching until Jesus comes. I'll be old. I can't even walk up the steps. I'm like, put a couple ramps here. Just wheel me right on up. I said, y'all ain't getting rid of me that quick now. You ain't getting rid of me that easy. I will retire when I'm in the kingdom. I will retire when I see the Lord face to face. And when I'm in the kingdom, then that's retirement. Amen. That's retirement. And that's a retirement with benefits that are out of this world. I mean, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah. 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 Benefits, man. I'm in the benefits. Are you in the benefits? I'm in the benefits. Talking about the benefit, I told you, when I retire and I'm in the kingdom, I'm going to have me a big old afro. You will be here to find me. <laughs> Certainly, I'll have a big old afro with a big old pick in the back. I'm, I'm, anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm going to put that thing. Y'all going to be like, there's Pastor Rodney right there. There's Pastor Rodney right there. He's got that big old afro. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. I'm asking the Lord right now, Lord, restore my hair. <laughs> that's my hope man that's my hope and you can't lose the hope of heaven because the bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick and when people lose their hope they commit suicide because they don't have any hope but if you have hope are you listening you won't commit suicide you'll keep holding on because you have hope Listen at this as I close. Give me your attention. You want to hear this. Listen at this. I found this interesting scientific experiment that was conducted a while back. Listen, a group of behavioral scientists put some rats in a tank of water and observed them to see how long they would survive before drowning. The average time was 17 minutes. 
Then they repeated the experiment, but this time they rescued the rats just before the point of drowning, dried them off, returned them to their cages, fed them, and let them play for a few days and repeated the drowning experiment. This time, the average survival time increased from 17 minutes to 36 hours. And get this. The scientists explained the phenomenon by pointing out that the second time around, the rats had hope. They believed that they could survive this because they had done so before. One scientist said they were able to survive because they had been saved. Isn't that true for the believer? We are able to survive because we have been saved. I don't care what you're going through. If you've been saved, God has given you his Holy Spirit and you're able to survive because you have hope. That's why you can't lose hope. And you can't put hope in this world. You got to put hope in the fact that someday we're all going to be with Jesus in heaven. That'll keep you going. That'll keep you holding on. Someday... The Lord is going to take us out of this world and he's going to wash us off with the word, dry us off, take us to heaven. We're going to be in the marriage supper of the lamb. That's he's going to feed us. Amen. He's going to feed us. He's going to feed us. (laughs) Whenever there's Christians around, there's food. And we're going to be with him in heaven. We've been saved. We have the hope of heaven. Hold on to that. Don't forget that. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.